Blog Talk Radio. Yo, this is your boy, G-Ski Rocks. And this is going out to the lovely, lovely women of the world. I know sometimes you have to make a hard decision. But I want you to think about this. life 
and how to treat people. Those are pro-life issues. So if you looked at the description of the show today, we are going to talk about uh, just the kind of this, this can of worms that has been opened uh, since we started talking about it last week. We're going to be talking about with a couple of guests of ours the effects, more about the effects and what is being done about the injectable contraception, Depo Provera and the dangers that it poses to women and kind of the legal end going forward as there's this gathering storm that is going to challenge the legitimacy of this drug and being marketed by a major drug manufacturer. I'm not sure how much I can say about that, that legal aspect on air, so I'll let our guests kind of tell us what they can do. Uh, so that's coming up, so if you want to say... You want to stay with the show for that. But as for right now, we're going to do what we always do at the beginning of the program. Thomas, would you like to share with us our scripture reading? Yes, ma'am. Scripture memory, actually, because I never actually read it from the Bible because I memorized it. Oh, that's the reason why. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Deuteronomy. Chapter 30, verse 19, says, and oh, by the way, you guys can't see me sticking my tongue out at you, but I am. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I record this day against you that I have set before you, life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life so that you in your seed like this. Dear Heavenly Father, in the mind of Jesus Christ, we'll give you, we give you glory, honor, and praise, Lord. Father, we thank you for another opportunity to be on Pro-Life Friday's radio, bringing out issues that need to be addressed, Lord God. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be the voices for representing life, representing the injustices when it comes to life and any other obstacles that may stand in the way of life. We thank you, Lord God, that you've chosen us to be vessels to use to get the message across and to show that there are those who will tackle any issue regardless of what it may be, no matter how controversial or maybe how how intense it might be, Lord, we desire to be used to bring any message. As such, what we will be talking about tonight. We pray and we lift up our guests to you, those who are going to be listening on the phone online, those who are going to call in with questions, comments, anything, Lord. We just ask that you that you bless them and that you would just strengthen them as they speak on the show tonight. In the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Wow, uh, we have we have a lot to talk about. I wanted to go through some of the news things that are that have been cropping up 
completely. And make a make a very interesting comparison that didn't occur to me until maybe this morning or maybe yesterday that what we have been seeing. I mean, have you did you notice some of the stories where they have they're seeing a couple of these abortion clinics that have been investigated and they find just bodies, aborted baby bodies, just being stored up somewhere. And for some reason, I have not been at all surprised. I mean, I think it was written, these stories are written to to be shocking, and I'm not shocked. Now, I'm not saying that it's not shocking because I'm not shocked. I'm saying that I've heard this before, maybe years ago, and that it's news now is, I mean, it didn't catch me by surprise. So, I mean, these Gosnell, Kermit Gosnell-like horrors keep cropping up and cropping up all across the country. Uh, you know, other than the boring stuff that you hear in the, the news, like botched abortions, perforated uteri, massive blood losses, women being ambulanced to hospitals, and born-alive abortions that are far for the course in lots of the nation's abortuaries, we are hearing, you know, this constant trickle of stories about the fetal collections, the fetal collections of uh, fetal body collections. That just seemed to be now, for me anyway, I don't know if that's the way you two look, it's weird to you two, but it's part of the furniture of the abortion business now. And, you know, what do I mean by a fetal collections? I, I mean, for example, this week abortionist Stephen Brigham, which I'll get to talk to you in a little bit more, was discovered by authorities to have been keeping 35 aborted babies in a Maryland clinic where he does dangerous late-term abortions while having no medical license and no, no insurance. <laughs> he lied about having insurance. He didn't have any insurance. Prior to that, uh, the story of the death of another abortionist, Joseph Booker, included the detail that he had kept 36. Now, I'm going to pause here. How many of you think I'm going to say 36 bodies, that he kept 36 bodies? Because the other guy, Brigham, kept 35 bodies. How many? you You think I'm going to say 36 bodies? that he kept 36 bodies in a storage locker in Mississippi. Hmm. Wow. Leticia? Yeah? I was having this, I was having this conversation about the one of the, I forget which one of it was, I think it may have been the doctor, well, I use that term, doctor, loosely because he's not a doctor, abortionist in Mississippi, the one that just died. Right, right. And I'm That's the one I'm talking about right now. Okay. Now, you all do realize, and for those of you who may not have realized this, I believe you and Melissa may, might know, they kept those baby bodies, and I'm not going to just call them bodies because they were baby bodies, because they harvest the body parts, and they sell them to science for more money. Now, folks, I don't know if you knew that, but that's why they kept the body. Because by by uh, law, 
they are required to properly dispose of those bodies. Storing fetuses in in um, a dumpster, that's not properly disposing of them, actually, because when a body is, um, when a body dies, it decomposes. That decomposition actually releases toxins. That's why you're supposed to, you're supposed to dispose of like in an incinerator. But they didn't do that because, folks, they were selling these body parts to companies like Pepsi that used to grind up the aborted fetus baby. And by the way, the, the word fetus means baby. So if those abort, pro-aborts want to argue about that, let them because they're still calling it uh, a All baby. Right. Okay, even. thanks. <laughs> anyway. I I got I got to call the runaway train back in, Thomas. I'm sorry. Oh, you're just being you. I still love you. You'll get over it. I know, and you're you're just being you. I know it. But the question is, I had asked, do you think that he was keeping 36 bodies, 36 baby bodies, in a storage locker in Mississippi, since the other other guy kept 35. He probably was to sell them. Okay. Simple as that. Uh-huh. No. Actually, no. It's not 36 bodies. He was keeping 36 bags of aborted baby parts in a storage mm. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. Wait a yep. minute. Bags. Bags, not bodies. Bags. Right. That's right. And you can certainly fit more than one aborted baby in a bag, but I don't want to. I don't want to gross everybody out on air right now. Oh, anyway, oh, boom. <laughs> wow. Uh, yes. Yes. Booker passed away no, in no. November, I think, right around Thanksgiving. By the way. Uh, now, in case anyone thinks that I'm making up how often this is done, the here are the names of other abortionists who have done the same. We know that Kermit Gosnell was found to have 45 identifiable bodies kept in the basement of his clinic. Uh, The unidentified, that's just the ones that they could find whole. The unidentifiable ones were a number of baby feet kept in jars. Uh, Mm. So the question is, why did he keep these? Now, Now, Thomas, you said that they often sell the baby parts, and that can possibly be true. Um, But, you know, this this didn't surprise me when I heard this, because somewhere along the way, and I tried to find other stories that uh, that happened prior to this, but I I think the search engine is just kind of flooded with recent stories, that years ago, this has been happening for years and years, Douglas Carpin um, and some of the other... When we talked to Lynn Mills, uh, she had, I think, if I remember correctly, she had hinted that some of the clinics also collected baby parts where they did not dispose of them correctly. So, you know, somewhere along this way, this story about collecting fetus parts and fetus bodies did not catch me by surprise. And, 
you know, I remember that, and so I was not at all surprised to learn about Gosnell. And you don't even have to be an abortionist either. <laughs> Earlier right. in this year, two North, New mm-hmm. York City teenagers were caught shoplifting, and mm-hmm. what was found in what was found in one of their purses besides stolen merch? A dead baby. <laughs> Which that okay? Now I'm a little shocked. Because who the heck carries around a dead baby in their purse and goes shopping, <clears throat> shoplifting? Right. Uh, and and then you know there's stories that came out and say actually this is done a lot more than you think it is, and I'm like oh my lands. Um. Mm-hmm. So, but what is this fascination? I there is you know, when when people commit um, heinous acts of Death, murder and death. I think the human psyche really tries to compensate. There is something that happens in the human mind that really affects the person's behavior. We all remember, uh, and I know I'm going to get flack for this, making this comparison, but I'm going to do it anyway just to prove a point. I remember when O.J. Simpson was acquitted of, uh-huh. of the murder of his wife and, and her friend. Yep. And in the following years, people tried to keep up with him, and they noticed that his behavior was really odd. (laughs) There was a story of a reporter or somebody with a camera went to visit him in his home or something or other, and they walked through his house. He was supposed to be giving them a tour of his home, and at one point in time he hid behind a door, from behind the door to surprise this person, and he was, I don't know if he was holding a pen or a knife or a person, I don't know, but he made a stabbing motion toward the person holding the camera. And hmm. it was, and this was completely out of the blue, and nobody could have explained it then, and nobody can explain it since. since. Why did he act that way? And it is, you know, certainly from his perspective, it's not funny. It is not funny. Oh, anybody else that might have been okay. But we're talking O.J. Simpson. So I think there's there's something in the in the psyche that kind of wants to relive uh, the, a murder experience. If he wasn't admitting to it through his words, there's something in the human mind that wants to flesh out the truth through your actions. Mm-hmm. And later on, when he came out with a book. And it basically says, in big, bold letters, gigantic letters on the cover, I did it. Everybody's like, that's all you see. But if you see in the very little corner of the, of the page, it says if. Yeah, yeah. The if, the if portion of the book is a teeny tiny font. And the I did it is in these gigantic, big, bold letters that cover the almost the entire front cover of the book. Someone tell me that, mm-hmm. that nothing really weird is going on with that. Right. Um, so I think that, you know, even abortionists, those hardened abortionists, even, even Douglas Carpin, even Kermit Gosnell, I mean, we're talking older men who have been doing this for years, committing abortionists and late-term abortions for years. Mm-hmm. 
the, I think it comes to the surface what what happens to their human. I mean, they're only human. They can think they get broken. I do think they get broken mm-hmm. by the years of trying to compensate for the horror that they commit on, on children. So I, I said, mm-hmm. what is this like? So one of my favorite shows right now, or it's, it's in mid-season, it's wildly popular, it's called The Walking Dead. And do the two of you watch that show? I've heard of it, but I've never okay, watched, watched it. i watched one episode, maybe. Okay, well, all right. So for those of you who know what I'm, I'm talking about, you can enjoy this. And for those of you who don't, The Walking Dead show is about zombies. It's about living through the zombie apocalypse. And uh, I'm not going to psychoanalyze the show because I think that's the fastest way to ruin the show for somebody. (laughs) So if you want to watch the show, I'm not going to ruin it for you, but I do want to talk to you about a couple of the characters in the show that I think really reflect what's happening in the abortion industry. Now, we have a character that recently got killed in the show called, and he was notorious, he was called the governor. And he was a murderous man who kind of ruled a, ruled a town and he killed people and he kind of was a little small-time tyrant. You know, and, and post-zombie apocalypse, that's probably easy to do uh, with those that are left alive. So what he did and what, what these Phoebus collections remind me of is the governor of the show, called the governor, he kept zombie heads in a wall of aquariums in a locked room, which to me is just smacks, that similarity is so there in your face where we have abortionists keeping human body parts of their aborted babies in, in locked rooms, in, lo- in storage closets, storage units, in their basements, and as trophies. I mean, there's no real reason why Kermit Gosnell kept jars of severed baby feet in his clinic, except right. they were trophies. Right. In, some, in some way, shape, or form, his psyche was trying to compensate for what he was doing. Right. And I, so, I mean, I, I'm trying to compare this to Walking Dead because I find a lot of comparisons. Another character, is, her name was Carol. And she's the mom, uh, maybe not the, the abortive mom, but the mom that wants people to be killed, who is willing to do that, and she has good intentions, you know, for the good of the group, for the good of the world, uh, never mind the ethical. So this character, who everybody loved on the show because she's a survivor and she's learned how to overcome her odds and be the strong person, ends up killing two other characters on the show because they were sick. And, you know, there was a question whether they would die from the sickness, but at the time, they were not dead. And she kind of, they show her in the show as just going in there, pretending to care for them, and she just stabs them in the back of the head, drags their bodies outside, two people, drags their bodies outside and burns them. And she has absolutely no remorse over it. She's upset. She gets upset. It's emotional. She's never had to kill living people before. 
But she did it, and she's not remorseful, and she said, I did it for the sake of the group because, you know, she didn't want anybody else to get sick. Well, you know, that was not a not a far-gotten conclusion that anybody else would get sick, as far as the show. Now, before I, you know, ruin the rest of the show for everybody, the comparison is we have this culture that says it's better that a child should die for the fear of what an unwanted child will do in our lives. And this, I see this in, I see this in the moms. I mean, it's so typical when you stand in front of a Planned Parenthood or an abortion clinic, like I have many times. You see cars that are just a woman driving, and sitting next to her is a much younger girl, and you can just tell it's a mom and her teenage daughter. Mm-hmm. And who's drive, who's driving the car? Who made the appointment? Who did all this? It's the mom. It's the mom of the teenage daughter, and she is, by golly, going to do this. She's going to make her daughter go through with an abortion for the for the sake of everybody. And she just doesn't want her life or her daughter's life and everybody, the family's life, to be disrupted by an unexpected child in the home. And you so know, she's Leticia, going to do the right thing, quote unquote, the right thing. Leticia. Yeah. You, as you were saying that, something very ironic occurred to me. The mom didn't want the life, this, the the family disrupted with the burden of another child. Mm-hmm. But the irony, I was just thinking. Why doesn't ever why doesn't it ever occur to these individuals who think like that when they're making these choices for other people that maybe they were an inconvenience or unwanted inconvenience to someone else, but despite that inconvenience, that individual who gave birth to them loved them enough to make that choice. Is is the selfishness of the human race so pronounced that that little fact is lost on people? I think in a lot of cases it is. When, I mean, I, God bless television shows because they show a side of us that we would never admit to ourselves exists. Um, you know, well-meaning people doing the absolute worst things possible because they have some kind of altruistic motive. Mm-hmm. Killing, killing living human beings, you know, and not, not allowing, if they were to die of a disease, then, you know, killing them before they died of it, you know, before they even had a chance to get better. You know, because nobody knew whether people that were sick were going to die or not. Um, doing that, before they even died, just because of the fear of what could happen. They didn't want to uh, infect anybody else. Well, it's, that's hard to control. But, you know, for the sake, for all, she did it for the group. She did it for everybody else, and that's the kind of mentality that a lot of women driving their teenage daughters to abortion clinics have. We've seen it. I mean, if, we've, if you have watched the, the documentary, Blood Money, that's all about that. It's it's mm-hmm. it's 
you know, women who have been forced, psychologically forced to, ha- to abort their children because their whole entire family is pressuring them to abort their children. Mm-hmm. And what, it isn't bec- and the reasons are manifold. The re- reasons is not for um, just because I, I don't want to have a baby around. It's for the good of the family. It's for the you know you don't want to disrupt your family. You don't want to do this, and you don't want to cause an inconvenience for the rest of us. So please abort mm-hmm. your child. It's for mm-hmm. the good of everybody. And so I, I I see this kind of parallels to The Walking Dead, and then you know we have the we have the dad in the show of a, of a baby that's already alive, and he's doing everything possible to keep his child alive, his two children, actually. And so he's, he goes to the, to the extent of keeping his son, and I'm talking about Rick, the character, keeping his son away from everybody, away from everything uh, to keep him mm-hmm. safe. But at, at the end, there's one episode he has to let his son grow up, and, and help him kill the zombies. You know, the zombies start attacking in the middle of the night, and he can't handle it by himself because uh, everybody else is busy doing something else. And so he has to get his young son to help shoot the guns and kill the zombies. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, in, and, and I see the parallel in what we have. We want to keep our – we want to keep abortion away from – as a reality from our children, from our young people, but it's our young people that are the ones that are starting to have abortions when they're teenagers. So we can no longer not talk about this. Right. I mean, as much as he wanted to keep his son away from the zombies and and shelter him, he even took away the the kid's gun because everybody has guns now. You got to kill you know if you need to kill zombies, a gun is the most efficient way. <laughs> That they have, you know, disarmed his son, everything. He wanted to keep him in a bubble, and he finally realized he couldn't. And I think we have to come to that realization. We cannot keep our kids in a bubble. Um, So I won't torture anybody else with the comparisons between The Walking Dead and our abortion culture because I'm probably sure we're going to get hate mail about that. And if you want to send us hate mail, please send it to the account. Hate mail. H. What? She said, "Send it to you." I'm, I'm, I'm losing you audio wise. But if you want to send hate mail, okay, they can send it to hate h a t e mail. That's not the mail you get in the mail. It's m a l e. At ProLifeFridaysRadio.com. That is not a joke. Go ahead and look it up. You can send us hate mail that way. Hate mail. All right. So uh, we have. Let's take a. <laughs> let's take a break. And um, this is with the video. Uh, with the video audio. We're on the radio. Of this song, and Thomas has already criticized it before we've ever, before I've even played it on the air. The audio maybe kind of sucks on this network because it's meant to be listened to on nice speakers in your home. But it is a viral video of the of the acapella group Pentatonix of Little Drummer Boy. It is quite quite awesome, despite what Thomas thinks. And I uh, just wanted to give that a shout out and play that for y'all for a couple minutes while we take a break. And on the other side of the break, we're going to have 
um, our first guest, Mr. Let me try to say this right. Kwame Fosu? Yes. Is that correct? Yes. All right. Mr. Kwame Fosu from the Rebecca Project. He's going to talk us some more uh, and start our Defo Provera uh, discussion. Be right back. Pro-Life Fridays Radio. Don't go away. show you heart you realize that I was uh, I guess on active Christian media earlier this week yesterday in fact if you got to listen to that show um, I was that show is run by a friend of mine her name is Stacy Harp she has become a good Facebook friend and a good friend of mine and she is also in need of financial assistance through her business and uh, so Ms. Harp is not just a friend of Facebook Online. She is also an Avon representative. And if you are at all looking for Christmas presents, uh, uh, makeup items, shoes, whatever Avon has to offer, uh, which are high-quality makeup products, high-quality uh, products at all, check her out. Uh, now Avon, is you're able to order online. You're able to order through her, her website and through emails, check it out, Stacy Lynn Harp. She would be happy to serve you um, with all your gift-giving needs. Uh, I've ordered a couple of things through Avon myself. They have been wonderful products. Avon has been around for such a long time, and they are a trustworthy company. So um, check her out as a friend of the show and uh, hopefully a future sponsor of the show, Pro-Life Fridays Radio. Thanks a lot. Yeah. So we're back. We are back with uh, talking about something really heavy, uh, which we started last week, and which is the issue of Depo Provera. And before, let me honestly tell you, I I did not know the problems with Depo Provera. I can't even say it. Depo. I'll just say Depo. Yes. I did not realize that it had caused the kind of physical harm in women that 
you know, we discovered was happening. Because I just never pay attention. I, you know what? I am very fortunate to never have had that. In fact, I the only time, you know, because of my upbringing, I have to bring us a little background here. Because of my upbringing, my parents did not share much reproductive knowledge with me at all when I was a kid. <laughs> and you guys are going to be like, what? And it's true. One of the hardest things for Asian parents to tell their children is how to make more of themselves. Uh, <laughs> so, um I did not learn about what contraception was, and you know it was, it was kind of culture as a, of you keep your innocence, or I'm going to beat the living daylights out of you. And so, you know, most of us were really good kids, and we never even stepped into uh, that that experimentation with sex um, until we were grown and out of the house, for the most part. And I'm generalizing a lot, but this is kind of generally the case. So for me in particular, um, I never went on birth control when I was a kid. Um, Uh I'm not a kid. I mean a teenager. And so I never learned about the adverse effects until I was grown and I had a child. And then I'm thinking, well, you know, what do I do since I'm married and maybe I should go on birth control so I don't, you know, Surprise, get another pregnancy before uh, the baby is too much, too young. I mean, I was just thinking that. And I, at the time, I knew nothing. I knew nothing about contraception. Mm-hmm. So this information about Depo um, came as a real surprise to me because I'm like, oh, my goodness. I had no idea that playing around with a woman's hormones was so dramatic, you know, had such dramatic effects. And but now that I look back on it, you know, this was this was last week, and I'm like, yeah, that does make sense, because when we had my friend Jennifer Law, which we were going to have um, hopefully in a few weeks on the show again, talk about egg donors and egg donation women who become egg donors and the, mm-hmm. the hormones that they have to take in order to donate eggs. Well, it's just it, it, they're just more hormones that manipulate a woman's body, they are actually exist in a woman's body, but when you play around with the, the amount of hormones in a woman's body and they swing wildly in one direction uh, or another in order to get the results, it, okay. women can have systemic bodily organ failure. You can, you can really, really mess up your, 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 a lot of your body. Mhm. Yep. So I, you know, so now to me, I'm not surprised what Depo does, but um, certainly, I, Melissa, I would love for you to tell us if it's okay to divulge some personal right. information about how it affected you, and please talk about that, um, you know, in in conjunction with our guest whom we have on right now, um, Queen Kwame Fasu. He is the CFO of the Rebecca Project. And share, uh, welcome to the show, Kwame. Hey, Kwame. Thank you. Thank you very on? much. Okay. okay. Welcome to the show. Um, please tell us um, from where this impending legal action against the manufacturer of Depo is coming from. Why is there going to be a class action lawsuit? 
Leticia, before before he answers that question, that um, that question would be better answered by uh, by Elaine. She's also she's also with us as well. But what mm-hmm. before we go on, what I want what I want to have Kwame share real quick is the action and the things that he has had to endure because he made a stance for um, for the injustice of Depo and then we'll bring um, we'll bring Elaine on. But Kwame, if you can could you share with the listeners what you just went through with your own subordinates at the Rebecca Project and share with us the awesome outcome that you, the news that you received today, if you can just briefly share with us what you just experienced for taking a stand and doing what's right. Well, um, hi, good evening. Well, um, the Rebecca Project has been fighting this um, battle uh, against Depo-Provera. Depo-Provera is um, one of the most dangerous contraceptives, if not the most dangerous contraceptive um, in the world. Um, Depo-Provera is not used in Europe. Um, less than 2% of white women use Depo-Provera in the United States, and those who use it are usually poor or they are students or just that they just simply do not know about Depo-Provera. It is targeted to low-income communities and mostly um, communities of color. What Depo-Provera does is it doubles the risk of breast cancer. It increases a woman's susceptibility um, to HIV-AIDS infections by sevenfold. It causes heart attacks. Um, it causes strokes and um, many other um, uh, diseases. It also um, causes a significant increase in weight. But one of the most important um, is that it it has it causes osteoporosis. It significantly uh, decreases a woman's bone density. And because of that, the FDA issued a black box warning in 2004. Um, black box warnings basically warn uh, consumers that a drug has lethal side effects and they should be cautioned about it before using it. However, what Planned Parenthood and many other um, health providers, um, what they do not do is that they conceal these side effects from, from women or they mislead them about these side effects um, and downplay their seriousness. And this is being done not just in the United States but also globally. Um, to all, and to especially to people in developing countries and Africa in particular. So mm-hmm. as we started out, yeah. So as we started our advocacy um, in 2011, um, Congressman Conyers, um, then on the judiciary, he was then the, I think the chair of the Judiciary Committee, um, helped us launch our report, the outsourcing of Tuskegee. <clears throat> in that report, we talked about an experiment called the Navarongo experiment. The Navarongo experiment was conducted by the Population Council researcher, um, Dr. James Phillips, where he um, injected and um, provided um, Depo-Provera to um, thousands, um, close to 9,000 women in the Navarongo region um, without informed consent forms. 
how he presented this to the people in the, in the impoverished region of Navarongo, which is in the northern part of Ghana, was that this was routine health care. So there was no need for any type of monitoring. However, what he was doing was an actual experiment, um, taking you know, their births, um, uh, the number of um, an- analyzing data, which was later um, produced in documents, in research documents that have been used in family planning um, in the United States and across the world. So it was a bona fide experiment, and, but the woman did not know that they were being used in a human subject experiment. And so that, so that, yeah, so that, um, so that's one of the um, the issues that goes on in Africa, where um, women and children are used for experimentation without their informed consent. Um, well, coming back over here, we were attacked by um, by Planned Parenthood. They, um, the Planned Parenthood colluded with our former executive director. Uh, her name was Edie Malika Sadasar. So Planned Parenthood colluded with her uh, to attack us. And to attack me, me specifically, they, they attacked me um, claiming that um, Depo-Provera was not, was not a, Depo-Provera was not a lethal contraceptive. They claimed that Depo-Provera was safe. And um, um, Planned Parenthood and researchers will never use a, a dangerous contraceptive um, in Africa or here in low-income communities. One of the funders who attacked us was called Shira Sepestein. Shira Sepestein um, heads reproductive rights at the Mariah Fund. And um, she specifically led the attack against me on behalf of funders. However, um, a year later, um, an investigator who works with, that, with us, her name is Kimberly Cohen, found out that Shira Sepstein, at the same time she was attacking me, a black organization working here in the United States to protect black women and other black women in Africa and other countries in the diaspora, while she was, at- was attacking us to silence us about um, exposing Depo-Provera's harm, she was at the same time funding various human rights organizations in Israel to ban Depo-Provera in Israel. Now, that's really shocking because it actually demonstrates the mendacity of these um, reproductive, so-called reproductive rights um, advocates because Shira knew, she was very aware, completely had knowledge that Depo-Provera was dangerous, so she was funding it to protect people of her own ethnic background who were Jews. However, with African-Americans, we are marginalized and dehumanized. And so she did, not, she did not basically offer us that same type of protection. Instead, she tried to push this drug in our communities as safe. And when I found that out, I included it in a new report that I wrote called Depo-Provera Deadly Violence Against Women. And I mentioned, I mentioned names and um, to date, Nobody has been able to sue or um, have any um, uh, legal action against me because um, everything is factual. We right. also use all, all the data we all the data we use in our research is from the NIH, is from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. We basically use their own research against them to prove that this this drug is very dangerous. 
And right. so with and so with this body of knowledge, with this body of knowledge, knowing that depopovirus is dangerous because we have proof that they are preventing it from being used in other countries. In Europe, it's not being used. In Israel, it's being restricted. And the only places where they're pushing Depo-Provera are in black communities, mainly here in the United States, and in, in black communities in Africa, in the Caribbean, in South America. And that's the where they're pushing Depo-Provera, and we're trying to get that banned, um, funding ban for Depo-Provera here in the United States. So tell tell us then real quick what um what you found out so, today from, yeah, from so, your book. Yeah. So 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 we're we're basically we were basically um attacked. Um we we had we, we had we had a briefing with Congressman Clay, who's a Democrat from St. Louis, um from St. Louis, Missouri. Um he held a briefing during the Congressional Black Caucus. Uh, Congressman Conyers has, has held a briefing for us as well, and we're going to have a briefing on the third uh, with Congressman Chris Smith, who's a Republican from New Jersey. However, um, that briefing was postponed for other reasons. There was an emergency um, emergency briefing for um, the hurricane in the Philippines. But prior to that, our our current executive director and others suddenly attacked me. Um, they broke into our office, um, stole all our equipment uh, in our office, and um, basically tried to derail our advocacy for Defocovera. And um, so uh, uh, today, um, our ethics committee um, sanctioned her and suspended her from the Rebecca Project. So she's now in suspension from the Rebecca Project for Human Rights. Well, that's justice served. Um, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing before uh, before I bring in Elaine and our other guests, um, let the listeners know how how they can support the Rebecca Park Project and specifically in your fight against um, against the uh, Depo Provera widespread Depo Provera. I'm going to call it an epidemic because as some of you um, are going to hear and even one of our own guests, um, I'm going to ask her, Melissa, um, in a few minutes, I would like for you to share your own personal experience with with birth control, if you will, whatever it was. We want you you to share that because it's very important that you all, that our listeners know that the stories we talk about here, they're very personal to us because they do affect us. So, um, Kwame, let the listeners know how they can support you, the Rebecca Project, uh, and then we're going to bring on uh, Elaine and let her share some more. Okay. Um, well, there, there are several ways you can um, support their, the Rebecca Project in our fight uh, to get this, um, this drug off, um, off the market. Um, one way, um, first of all, is I would like um, people to um, call Elaine Riddick. Elaine Riddick is the Bethel Provera um, Victims Coordinator for, um, for our attorney who is filing a class action lawsuit. 
Um, filing a class action lawsuit is fundamental um, to pull this drug off the market. Norplant, also another dangerous contraceptive, was pulled off the market due to these types of lawsuits. Um, Elaine Riddick can be reached at 770-354-0583. And, um, and also you can email her at Elaine um, Riddick, number five, at gmail.com. So um, joining our network of advocates, um, talking about this issue to your state legislators, talking about this issue on the radio, calling Congress to your various um, um, representatives and talking about this is really fundamental to uh, making sure that uh, Defoprovera is pulled from the market just as Norplant was pulled from the market only in uh, 2002 after advocates like us and lawyers got together to fight Pfizer. Um, and mm -hmm. Defoprovera is, an, is another dangerous Pfizer contraceptive. The only difference between Defoprovera and Norplant was that Norplant um, was also a high-dose progesterone uh, contraceptive. It was implanted under the skin of a woman. And, um, and basically cause breast cancer and so many other diseases. And Depo-Provera is just injected. It's just a, a, a more, a more you know, cleaner method of delivery. But it's the same dangerous um, chemical that is being injected into women. And so um, it's, it's important that, and apart from that, you can also donate to us um, on our website. You can donate to us, and um, that will also, that's, that'll be, also, that'll, that'll be great. All right. Kwame, thank you so much for calling in. And uh, we are, we appreciate you. We we thank you we thank the Lord that you was that you was justified in the findings of the ethics ethics committee. Um before we bring on Elaine, Melissa, please share please share your 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 story with birth control, if you will, for the listeners, so that they can understand that we as hosts here, we, Melissa, just share because I'm going to get all choked up. So <laughs> go ahead. Um, yeah, I wasn't prepared to share, but I mean, I'll be glad to share, you know, just briefly, because um, I know Elaine has some great things to share, but um, I um, started um, on the Depo-Provera shot when I was, 15 years old, and um, like many um, out-of-control teens, um, our mothers did not know what to do with us, and so the in their minds, the most logical thing to do was to put us on birth control because they didn't want grandchildren. Um, and so I was put on uh, that shot at 15 years old, and we were not told of any of the risks of it at, at all. Um, and it just started a lot of issues um, hormonally, behaviorally, um, in terms of my weight um, would go from extremes, from low to high, my eating habits, my hormonal levels, all these, all these things just um, really got out of whack. But I was on it for uh, a period of about six years because it was it, it sold to you as this is very um, convenient. You just have to come in every few months and get a shot. You don't have to remember to take a pill, which is um, kind of an ideal situation for uh, parents, especially who want to be sure that their children are, or that their daughters are um, taking their contraception, is um, they can know that they that they are taking it. Um, 
because they're there in the doctor's office with them while it's happening. So, um, yeah, for that from that perspective, it was easy and simple. But again, none of the uh, the side effects um, were explained. And and I, as you guys know, I've I've had a lot of fertility issues. Um, I did yep. have my daughter um, this year, but uh, that was after ten years of marriage and a very difficult journey of getting pregnant. So uh, fertility issues. Um, caused by uh, endometriosis and polycystic ovarian syndrome, which um, these are some of the side effects that come from this drug um, because your hormones are completely out of whack. Your reproductive system is as well. So um, I definitely have been personally affected and still, you know, still am affected, with, you know, with these issues that I deal with. Right. So, and you, yeah. You most definitely, and I um after this show, and I'm sure Elaine will mind, won't mind, I mean, I am going to connect you with Elaine so you can become a part oh. of what she's doing. Because well, me, and, me, and Elaine, me and Elaine have already talked several times. Oh. So I'm oh, very familiar okay. with the law student and, and the oh, profession okay. student and, and definitely in supportive of what she's doing and, and all that she's Good. doing to get recognition for all of, the, all of these victims. Um, so I'm Good. very glad Good. to have her on the team. All right, Melissa, you know we love you, love your heart, love your beautiful family, and especially yeah. that, that little one. So uh, I am going yeah. to bring... Wait, hold on. I, I have yes. a quick question. Melissa, Did when, when you were having problems, did your doctor ever identify, you know, the cause, perhaps one, you know, one of the causes that maybe why you were struggling to get pregnant and having these hormonal problems? Um, no, it wasn't until I started to do my own research um, as to wow. what you know what was going on with my body. Yeah, it's it, I, I think it, again it's it's very it, it's covered up. It's definitely covered up, and I think that um, a lot of of OBGYNs are they kind of um, they they cover each other's butt, you know, so to speak. So very much so, and even when I explain the pain from the endometriosis and these sort of things. Um, they would they would blame hormonal issues, but they would not go that far enough to dis- distinguish where these hormonal issues came from. So you know, uh, there was yeah. never really any resolution there. All right, I think that's something that we need, I need to find out more about. You know, how many how many doctors are are aware of the dangers of mm-hmm. depo, uh, and, and you know, by the same token, how many are unaware. But where is this, mm-hmm. you know, is, is this getting out there? Are doctors who are aware steering their their patients away from it, or they're just kind of like, eh, I'm going to ignore right. it? Right. Right. Okay. Carry on. That was my curiosity coming through. Go ahead. Oh, yes. no, you're, you're good, uh, Leticia, because you always do that in terms of adding just the right perspective at the right time. Um, What we're going to do now, I'm actually going to bring Elaine on because like like, uh, Kwame said, Elaine has has been like the advocate for the victim of Devil Provera. And I'm going to bring her on along with the two very brave and two very, just very, powerful young ladies, all these women of all ages who have um, dealt with this issue of depot, they need to um, 
they they need to understand that their voices need to be heard. And through the advocacy of people like Elaine Riddick, um, Dr. Randy Short, who's also here, we'll bring him on as well, uh, they have they have advocates out there for them. So I'm going to bring on Elaine. Hi, Elaine. Are you there? Yes, I am. How are you? I am doing well. I'm going to bring on... Uh, I'm gonna bring on Dr. Randy, and we're going to we're going to make this kind of like a panel. And I also I think I got Debbie and Idalia here. Let me make sure. Um, For his leadership and then others, they maintained yes. a political Debbie. economy in Are you there? where the black majority yes. remains poor. Uh, the best example. Um, Let's see. And Adalia, are you there as well? Two one seven area code. Miranda. Miranda. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, you were you was another guest that Elaine asked to call in, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. Well, Adalia will be calling in as well, and I got to get Randy. I think he was on another phone call. <laughs> Randy, are you there? Dr. Randy? Things remain the same, if not or worse, for many blocks. Um, I think he might be doing it. Randy, you're trying to talk to two two radio programs at the same time. Oh, maybe maybe <laughs> that's what's going on. But, um, All right, well, we'll take one, it, let's take our first guest, uh, the other yeah. our other first guest. <laughs> oh, ignore well, me. I'm putting on myself mute. <laughs> oh, it's all good. Um, Elaine, I actually want you to serve as the uh, kind of as the interviewer for for these these brave and powerful young ladies because you know what they you know what needs to be said. So do us the honor of interviewing these brave and awesome ladies. Okay, I'll give it my best. Well, first. Um my ladies are, we have a group of women. We just started a group that's called Women Against Depo Povera. And I've just come across so much stuff about the effects of Depo Povera again, and every day I'm learning more and more of the damage that is causing to these women uh, from cancer, breast cancer, cervical cancer. Some people are having uh, lung problems. I mean, it's bigger than what, you know, they have printed, the small little things that they printed, like weight gain and stuff like that. Okay, it's totally irrelevant to the fact that these people are developing irreversible uh, uh, damages to their bodies. There's nothing that they can do that can reverse the uh, effects that Depo-Provera have had on them. So I think first we're going to bring in Miranda, and the lawsuit is for these women because, of course, you know they're not going to. These are basically uh, poor women, and Planned Parenthood have targeted a certain, a certain class of women. Okay, right. if you're poor, you don't have a choice. And what they're doing is that they're pushing this on this class of women, black and poor and women around the world and poor white women. And what they're doing is that they're doing it knowing the effects, the debilitating effects 
of Depo-Provera. You know, of course, you know, this is, they see us as, I wasn't on Depo, but they see, I'm going to use myself also, they see us as being an inconvenience. And when you are an inconvenience, they have no use for you here. So they do not tell them of the side effects. They do not tell them that it's lethal and that it do cause irreversible damage to their bodies. Right. Okay, so we're going to start with uh, Miranda. Miranda? Yes. Hi. Would you like to share your story? Um, and, sure. Well, um, okay. where to start? Um, okay, first I, I would like to start with, when you got your depot shot, did anyone tell you about the side effects? And then you can go into the side effects that you have because these side effects and depo affects each woman's body differently. Some women, if you are having, uh, what do you call it, uh, people in your family have a certain illness like uh, heart attacks, you know, and stuff like that. Uh, Thyroidism. Have a double heart attack or whatever. So you go ahead on and tell about your story. Okay. Um, after I had my first child, we decided that we didn't want to have any for a while. So I went to the doctor and I got on birth, put on birth control, but it didn't work for me. And so I talked to the doctor and they said there was this new thing called Depravera shot. You only had to take it every three months. And I thought, well, great, that that's, would be good for me. Well, I talked to my doctor about it. She said, you know, it's a new thing. It's It's great for us. And, you know, there were not very many side effects, but that was in 2001. So um, I didn't really know much about it. I trusted my doctor like I, do, like I did then, and um, I was wrong to trust her because after that I got a bladder condition called interstitial cystitis. It's where at age of 22 I could not hold my own urine or if I got sick, my bladder would swell up, and I would get tox, like toxification problems where I'd get sick, my kidneys would start getting bad, and I would have to go back to the doctor over and over, and they still couldn't tell me what was wrong. After that, I started getting valve problems. Um, it took me seven years to get pregnant with my second child and having miscarriages in between. Um, it's just been a 12-year battle and in February, I'm going to get a partial hysterectomy, which they say may not help the pain at all, which I can't even work for the last three years. So I'm in and out of the doctors and all kinds of things. Testing is just so painful, and there's nothing they can do for me. Okay, when you had, when you had your miss, did they ever tell you, mention to you anything about etopic pregnancies? No. Okay. No, I didn't hear anything about that. You know, I'm, like I said, I trusted my doctor. She didn't give me any warnings except for the possible weight gain and mood swings, which I was already having because I was on the birth control pill anyway. So I figured that wasn't going to be much of a difference. I have one more question to ask you, um, Miranda. Did they ever ask you, did you breastfeed your children? Um, my second one I did, but my first one I didn't. Okay. And uh, were you on the Depo-Provera before you breastfed your child, your second yes, one? Yes, I was actually on it before I got pregnant and then got off of it because they kept saying, they kept telling me, well, it's because you won't get back on it. You need to go back on it for it to work because okay. I would get on it. It would make me so sick. 
Okay, I have one more question. Did they tell you that uh, the Depo Pozera, they, they, they never, uh, did they tell you that you should, did you ask the doctor if you could breastfeed your baby? Um, no, I never thought about anything like that. Okay, how old is you know, your like child? I said, I, how old is Are my child oldest? okay? Hello? Yes, she she has ADHD. Um, okay, now that's one of the struggling. Okay, yeah, that's one of the signs. I want to tell you, you never talked to me about this, but you just said that you had a second child. Now that's one of the things that Depo-Provera do to your ch- your children. If you breastfeed, you know it's not good to breastfeed, and I'm sorry that you know they didn't tell you that. And this is another reason why we have to bring charges. We have to get a lawsuit because there's a lot of children out there that uh, they are being misdiagnosed, okay? And the main thing is that the mother, the doctor did not tell the mother that it uh, it wasn't good to breastfeed their children. Thank you. Hey, Miranda, before you, um, before we move on, I have a question. Uh, You said next year that you're going to have to have a partial hysterectomy? Yes. Am I understanding that right? Yes. So this is my question then. At what point are are they going to actually come out and admit that a hist- women getting hysterectomies a direct result of depo provera? I doubt you ever will. <laughs> okay, so in the meantime, you're going to have young 30, in some cases, 20-something, 30-something women, year old women, who should be in a prime of their life, but they're having exactly. to have, have uh, part of their very being ripped out because of the selfishness and the arrogance of a bunch of people who really don't care about the well-being of the women. They just they just think they're better than you. Is that is that what I'm hearing? It seems like it nowadays. Nobody wants to help anybody unless you know it's something in it right. for well, them. Yeah, Thomas. Let's let's not put uh, you know motives on them that we can't substantiate. Uh, to say that I mean to the very best thing we can say is that they are ignoring um, the women that they have had to deal with and uh, who have complaints against their product, who have been physically harmed as a direct result of their their product, and don't seem to care at all. And because they're not taking any steps to ensure that their product is being pulled from the market. And they're not taking any steps to to find out how to help uh, to help women who have been negatively impacted by this. I mean, that's kind of an admission of guilt, right there. Um, if they were to do that, but at the you know at, right now they don't seem to care. And we know, and I understand that's why there's this lawsuit that is going forward, and that is exactly what should happen. Um, but you know, I I'm not gonna t- I'm not gonna say that you know we should call attribute motives to them that you know they don't. They, we suspect that they might have, but the best that we can say is they don't have a response to all the many women that have been health-wise affected by Depo. And yeah, it's possible if if your child um, had suffered has has ADHD or has health condition, you know, I would seriously ask your doctor, your your child's doctor, um, to 
point out possible causes and see if that leads you back to depo that would only strengthen your case um, that now depo is not just harming you it's harming your children right and, and you're right Leticia you know and that that's actually a good segue into our our next guest and um, this this for her is still um, still very raw and I've and I've spent quite a bit of time talking to her when we first talked we talked for probably almost two hours and all I could do is listen all I could do is listen um, Debbie I want you to tell your story um, tell you start from the beginning and you know what this this whole thing uh, sometimes they say guys aren't supposed to cry. Well, I say to heck with that because sometimes there are things that affect you that sometimes you just got to let it go. So share your story, and I believe Idalia's next, and then we'll go from there. Okay. Um, I took depo for at least six years. It, it could have been a little longer. I'm still trying to obtain all of my medical records, but I know it was at least six years. Um, it, it was never mentioned to me any bad effects at all. It was a wonder drug. It was incredible. It was great. And I have had numerous health conditions, uh, starting with my first heart attack at age 30, my second at age 31, and then one just a little over, well, about a month and a half ago. Uh, they've all been minor, thankfully, but still, um, it's still scary um, in any sense. And I have had, you know, I, my, my life has been altered. I mean, it, it will never be the same, period, um, from the hair loss to the weight gain to the rashes to all these unexplained hormonal issues. I have been on biological hormones for about two years now because my hormones just went crazy. And um, all ending with a partial hysterectomy this last May and still having issues. Um, uh, chronic chronic kidney stones. Um, right now we know I have... My kidneys look like bags of rocks at the moment, and it's just it's continuous, and it's been this way for several years now. And if it's not, that is the kidney infections, um, chronic bladder spasms, and now lupus. So it's like it will it will just it just continues. It just doesn't stop. Wow. So. Tell um tell us like um when you went you were still you was in college, right? You had went Correct. back to school, right? And um talk a little bit about your actual interaction with the doctor. I mean the actual interaction because you you haven't been off a of devil purveyor that long, right? Right. Right. My last injection was um Approximately um, maybe September of 
Wow. So and those shots are those shots are good for two so for two years, right? They're supposed to work for two years, right? Or something, something along those lines. So that 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 says to me you may still be dealing with the residual effects of the medicine still being in your system or have you, have they been able to tell you if it's completely out of your system or do you know? They have not they have not mentioned that or, you know, said anything about that. In fact the the only thing that um I was told recently was, well, your weight should come off as soon as it's out of your system, and it should be out of your system within, you know, a few months after you quit taking your last injection. And that has not <laughs> been the case, and, and, you know, that I've seen to find it, um, no matter what I've done, the weight hadn't come off. Um, but, yeah, they have not, you know, they said a few months after you, your last injection. Oh, and the only other thing that I've been told now was by a different physician who has um, ordered bone scans because of my length of being on depo. He wanted to make sure to see what kind of condition my bones are in. Wow. Are you, are you dealing with um, osteoporosis? Um, not certain as of yet. Uh, we'll know a little more after next week, um, after my bone scan next week. Um, but my, and the reason why, and the reason why he ordered it, my symptom, my chief complaint in that area that we're looking at is the fact that, um, my shin bones often feel like they're just shattered when I'm walking. I mean, it's just extremely painful sometimes. And we know that I do have arthritis now that, um, you know, I have not had, and can you imagine that? I'm just 39. I mean... This is this is crazy, you know, and so but the the whole you know the shin bone thing is is a big concern. And he said that that depo has been you know there have been issues with women who have been on depo um, and with with bone issues and stuff since I was on it for so long. Wow. Mhm. That's crazy. Letitia or Melissa, do you you either of you have questions for Debbie? Melissa, I think she might have she might have to take care of something. Um, sure, I have a question. I I want to know. Um, so your has your doctor kept a log of all the things, all the effects that you are feeling? And can he be confident that these are the results of your depot shots? I mean, because that is powerful information right there, if they are. Right. He will not um, He will not state 100%. He, he just says mm-hmm. it's well, unexplained. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Well, I, I know you can say 100%, but, I mean, knowing that these, the docu, I mean, the the official... Because I, I saw the federal, whatever it is, the, the, the federal, there's a PDF out there about Depo, and it does li- list uh, these the side effects and the, 
the health concerns that being on death row causes, and you certainly have those consistent with um, the symptoms that other people have, you know, like with the reduced bone density and all that stuff. And I think if you, if your doctor kind of collates all that information, you have a pretty good case to, of your own to say that depo is most likely the cause of a lot of my health problems, and this is just another reason why it needs to be taken off the market. Um, so yeah, I have a, another question, which is, um, how? Was was Depo ever um, pushed on you like you must take this? It was the second time for me. Sorry to interrupt. Okay, so they 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 kind of I don't want to say they forced you to, but they said if all kinds of bad things were going to happen to you if you don't. Yeah, um, I was diagnosed with endometriosis. Um, it's the thick lining of the, the uterus. Mm-hmm. Um, I was told after I had my second tubal because my tube came untied and I had a miscarriage. Um, I was told after that that my lining needed protected, that um, I needed to use the shot to keep the lining, I guess, in place or keep it from coming out too fast or something, that something mm-hmm. in the Depavera would protect it. And that was the understanding that she gave me. I told her, I said it made me sick. I don't want to do this again. Um, before they did that, they put me on some type of pill hormone, which overdosed me, and I almost died. Um, wow. And then after that, she said, well, you can't go on that pill anymore. You have to do the Depavera. Well, a month, not even two weeks into the sec- to, to the having the shot, I was already getting sick again where I couldn't walk. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even get up and take care of my kids. I mean, my husband, he works, you know, 60 hours a week, and he was having to take care of me. Right. It, wow. It's just and, and sad was there that, ever any, you know. Was there ever any um, clue given by your doctor or by anybody that maybe your endometriosis was caused by Depo? No. They they kept telling huh. me, well, we don't know what, what's wrong with you, and they kept doing tests and kept doing tests and and some of the tests that women get, you know, these kind of tests are not easy. They're very painful. And after you mm-hmm. get them done, you can be down for a couple weeks even because oh, yeah. of what the side effects are from this. I mean, right. I can't even get a pelvic exam without being down for two or three days. I mean, that's how bad it gets. Wow. Yeah. I. I it's, and then I, they it's tell you that you're crazy, that it's just your body. Right. It makes right. you so crazy and that it's, it's, all, it's all in your head. It's just so surprising to me that it couldn't, I mean, the possibility never occurred to your doctor that maybe the depot was causing the problems they're trying to give you more depot to fix. Because I know that endometriosis is not uh, terribly common, but since the introduction of depot, it's kind of like the number of women that are suffering from it has shot up. So I'm, I'm wondering how much, you know, how much of a correlation are people really drawing, or if this is just kind of being hand-waving or they're telling you not to look, <laughs> or they're telling the public, oh, you have endometriosis, you know, plenty of women do. Why? Because they're all on depot. No, they don't say that. 
and he says, ah, you have, you know, endometriosis, and plenty of women, other women do, and uh, we don't really know, we don't really know why, except that, you know, if you look at the medical history of a lot of the women who have endometriosis, they're all taking Depo. That's a very good point, Letitia. That is a very good point. Um, Oh, man. This is one of those shows that's so heavy that you don't you don't know what to do. I'ma bring um I'ma bring Shannon on and we love Please. Debbie. I'm... Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, uh, please bring on um we've got a whole string of people. Let's bring them on. Yep. <laughs> They're not they're just listening. Maybe if they have a guess, again, the number that if you haven't called in and you want to ask a question, please let us know. Um, and if you are wanting to call in, the number is 760-542-3907 on Pro-Life Fridays Radio. Hey, Shannon, are you there? Before you, before you start, I'm going to bring in, um, I'm going to bring Debbie back and then Idalia. Um, Idalia is going to share too, but, uh, Go ahead and share your story, and then we'll just we'll just um, go right right down the line. And then I know that Dr. Randy Short is going to have a little something just to kind of wrap you know just wrap things up because he's a man who's also passionate about this as well. So um, share your story as I bring the other ladies in, please. Were you speaking with Shannon? you want me to start? Yeah, yeah go ahead, Shannon. Okay. A um, little nervous, so bear with me, please. <laughs> um, Thank you. I've been, uh, I've been taking a depot uh, for over eight years mm-hmm. um, just because I knew I didn't want any more kids. And I didn't want to go under the knife. I didn't want them... Uh, cutting me or, you know, anything like that. I was young. I already had a daughter young and uh, didn't do well with that pregnancy. So I knew I didn't want to get pregnant again. And my doctor said that this was the best thing going. So, of course, I did. And I was on it for over 10 years. Um. And it's just a very destructive birth control. It has absolutely ruined my life. I have no sex drive. I've lost uh, a lot of relationships because of it. Mood swings. Um, Oh, weight gain. Oh, my goodness. Just horrible. Um hair loss, uh, can't sleep, my my pelvic hurts constantly. And this isn't recent things. This is ongoing, ongoing. And the last time I had a depo shot was 2010, made me get the shot before I got the easier procedure done. And I did not want that shot. And they told me I had to have it in order to get this procedure done. And I wait, 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 Shannon. Why? What, what, yes, 
because oh. because they did not want the risk of me getting pregnant. Wait, wait, they wait, want... wait, Shannon, wait a minute. Yeah. When did getting pregnant become a risk or a problem? This this is what I'm trying. I have heard, I've actually heard this question mm-hmm. asked. When did having a baby become a risk? Who is the risk to? These individuals that's that's been uh, applying these injections to you all, they're not the ones carrying the babies. Who is the risk to? Yes, I agree. And could you, what procedure would they, was you supposed to undergo, if you don't mind me asking? The Esher, that is supposed to be a permanent birth control, a non-invasive birth control. So they told you, oh, my gosh. Yes, I had to. They told me I had to take it in order to get the procedure done to make sure I do not get pregnant. Can I say something? And a lot of these women that they have given the depot shot to, um, they had the depot, and then they implanted them with the issue call. And what people don't, the doctors don't realize, they didn't even ask these people if they was allergic to nickel or titanium. And uh, Mm -hmm. that right there affected these women. It it just had a double effect on these women. Yeah, absolutely. I get get, uh, blisters, like water blisters on my hands. I've never gotten that before until after. You know, my my skin is dry like a lizard. Like I can't get enough lotion. It's just ridiculous. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Every day, and and you know it makes yeah, me that, feel a little better that I'm not by myself. That definitely I I, that women. definitely is a hormonal issue. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm not. I I I, I really do say. I mean, your skin is dry. I mean, it doesn't sound like a big deal, you know, just just saying it out loud, but I definitely know Mm -hmm. the the skin being dry is a definite hormonal issue, and it is caused by foreign substances in your body messing with your hormones. Right. I'm putting on the line our guest who's been been waiting for a little while, um, our other guest, Adalia. Adalia, welcome to the show. Oh, hello. Yes, thank you. Hi. Welcome to Hi. the Friday's Radio. Take it away, Thomas. I tell before, you, before um, you go on, let me ask you a question, because Shannon just, uh, Shannon just said something, and I want to make sure I'm remembering correctly. Did you, wasn't it you, when we were talking, or mm-hmm. either it was Debbie, because since I've been on this, I've interviewed a lot of women. A lot of uh, Elaine put me in touch with a lot of people. Was it you, Idalia, that that had shared with me that you were also giving it sure as well? Yes, yes, I was. Um, yeah, I I, I um, decided to get the implants. You know, um, instead of doing the the um, you know traditional tubal, because right. that was 
something my doctor was telling me, you know, well, instead of the tubal, there's this new procedure and it's, you know, more advanced, it's less invasive, and knowing that you trust your doctor, you know, and he's the one taking care of you, and you give him all your trust, you figure you're in good hands, and, you know, they're the ones that have a degree and, you know, no medicine, and so, you know, you feel you're in good hands, and, um, you know, I pretty much got sold by it, and, you know, I said, okay, well, I guess I can do that if I'm not going to be out for a long time, you know, I have a new baby to take care of, and um, so before um, I got, I would, got the procedure, um, he went ahead and gave me and it wasn't like, well, um, you have a choice of a birth control. It was more like, I'm going to give you a depo shot, you know, and it was like, you know, gave me the pokes, and I was like, oh. Like, I was just like, well, wait a minute. Like, I was kind of in shock, but it was just so fast because he said, uh, you know, you need this depo shot in order to be okay for three months for the um in order for you, you know, to wait to do the testing that's required to make sure that the, that your uh, fallopian tubes are blocked by the Eshore device. So, uh, you know, there wasn't like, are you okay with it or anything? And he knew that I was nursing, that I was going to nurse my babies because all, you know, gynecologists ask you if you're going to be, you know, uh, nursing or you're going to be bottle feeding. And he knew for a fact that I was going to be nursing. And... um you know, now that I know about the the double air shot, and also, um, like you know, I had also experienced you know bad side effects from it. And when he gave me the shot, there was no explaining you might get, you know, so and so side effect or this you know this shot causes, you know, these kind of side effects. It was you know he didn't explain anything to me, anything at all. I Dahlia, I wanna I wanna interrupt you for a minute. I mm-hmm. just got a message on Facebook from Debbie and I and she did not tell me this originally. Now, we have three women on the phone, all three of you. Mm-hmm. One thing and Doctor Randy, I'm gonna bring you on. Elaine and Kwame, I know you're still listening if you're here. I just realized something we might need to expand the scope of this situation because the one thing that you women have in common, you all have the e-sure device implanted. So now my mind is starting to formulate questions, and I'm wondering if they're if they're not only giving the depo shots but they're giving women these issuer devices to make sure that you don't get pregnant. And if that's the case, if that's the case, because I don't remember any any of you ever saying that you didn't want to have any more children ever. With with my with my case, I'm sorry, Thomas. Um, I you know I knew that I did want to go for the tubal litigation. You know I wanted to, you know, because that was I was you know done. I pretty much felt like I, you know, had my family 
already completed, you know, and, um, you know, I was going to go with a traditional tubal, you know, that, you know, my mom has gotten, and, you know, then I was pretty much talked into getting the shore, which is, you know, now that I know, it's it's been a horrible device, and, you know, I'm glad I don't have it anymore. I'm, you know, I've had it out for two weeks now, you know, thankfully, I had a hysterectomy, you know, um, just recently, but um, I just, you know, wanted to put it out there. I mean, I did, I did have that. I mean, but if I knew, if I known what I know now, what I knew back then, if I, if I was a little smarter back then, if I, you know, I wouldn't, I probably, I'm sure I wouldn't have done anything at all because. You don't need any of that. You know, it's not really up to us. I feel, I don't know, it's just my belief. If you just kind of think about things, you know, things happen for a reason and they're going to happen no matter what. <laughs> so, right. I don't know, that's my thoughts now. I wish I, I knew them back then, but. Um, you know, the one thing you can do while we all have regrets it mm-hmm. is very important that we uh, that we know that you you all you all can make a difference, and uh, it's important to realize that by virtue of the fact that you are being brave in speaking, that you are making a difference. So, with that, I'm a brain. To Randy Short, and he's oh, been waiting. Uh, yes, well, Elaine. Excuse me, can I say something first before you do yes. that? Uh, listen, a lot of the girls were on uh, Depo-Provera, and then what happened is that the Depo-Provera was making them very ill. So then they had another option. They didn't have, wasn't given an option. They were just mm-hmm. given an Eshure, okay? And then along with the Eshure and the nickel leaking in their system, then they were given again on top of all of that the depo provera again. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And yeah, well, it's like that. taking it's like taking two or three types of hormone hormonal contraceptions at once. You normally wouldn't do that. No right. way. Yeah. Who would give a, who would give right. a person that? Mm-hmm. Unless it was being pushed on them. Oh my right. God. Oh my God! That's that's awful. I have a different I have a different word for it, but it's not G-rated, so I won't use it. Um, so, oh my gosh! Uh, I'm a, oh my gosh! Doctor Randy, are you there, listening, sir? How are how are you? I, I I just when I think I've heard all of the monstrous things they can do to these women, they come up with some more garbage that I haven't even thought about that that they're gonna do and hurt them. It's this is so disgusting until it's disheartening hearing it. I mean I'm I'm, I'm I'm willing to stand up and push back, but I'll tell you. Uh, I just keep 
the more I, my introduction to Depo Provera was watching my best friend who had endometriosis be tricked into using it. And this is how it all happened for me, uh, watching my best friend suffer. She had it so bad that you could hear her bleeding on the phone. And so uh, for me, Depo Provera is just, I hadn't even said the word until the Kwame Fosu mentioned Depo Provera, and he can tell you my first reaction was shocked that they were still using this on people. And I always felt it was just a crime against women from the time I was 15. And I remember just asking Kwame, this is bad for women, isn't it? And he said, it's deadly. And it's just a, uh, a brick and bust me in the head, okay? It's as if every Carol, and so I haven't seen my friend alive. And ever since I ran and met uh uh, Attorney Kwame Fosso at the Rebecca Project. Uh, I just met all these women, cousins, family, friends, people destroyed. My God sister was on it. I, I just hate this. And then there's East Shore, and I knew about North Plant, and I just feel like they want to destroy all the women. And uh, we we have to fight back. And the thing that hurts so much is when I hear the woman say she had no libido, which means men and women's ability to even feel compassion or attracted to each other. And you look at all these lost people or divorces, aside from what's being done to them by the, the drugs themselves, how many marriages have failed because the man was angry because he felt the woman didn't want him anymore, she was cheating, or the woman uh, mm-hmm. lost her self-esteem because she wasn't able to be interested in it. How many children are on drugs or committing suicide? All the other... Uh, things that we are not putting in the mix here, the greater destruction of our whole society. And, right. and b- behind this, the Planned Parenthood, you know I yes. share it with you, they sat down and they planned to destroy women. Many of the women do not know. They have not told you. This is they didn't tell you. But up at the Schlesinger Library, they have hidden papers by Betty Friedan and others but they talked about destroying womanhood and getting rid of the family. These papers still aren't available. They, they meant to do this. This is all a plan, and I'm not trying to be uh, conspiratorial. Uh, I remember reading those things back in 1989 and thinking, these women, this is crazy. And then it's here, 2013. It's true. It's it's. And I remember my friend in 1981, I, I said to a sounds like a Nazi concentration camp. They experimented on my great uncle, the Nazis, and the woman who helped raise me escape from the Nazis. And I realized we've never, none of us have gotten away from the Nazis. Uh, and, mm. and so uh, we have to stop this. We just, I, please help us stop this, please. Right. I have a question. Where do you, uh, let me let me ask real quick. Where do you think this is going? So we have women who are not being full disclosure um, about the negative effects of whatever's happening to them. They're being given multiple forms of birth control that are not compatible with each other, and it's you know causing problems. What is the end 
what to what end is this going to? Because they're obviously not doing this for women's health. Well, I'll be honest with you. I believe we almost need a movement. It should be Occupy uh, Planned Parenthood or Occupy Eugenics and Genocide. We need to be in congressional people's offices. We need to be at the pharmaceutical places. We need to be at the doors of, of, of crooked preachers that are not telling the truth. We need to organize, and I believe other people, if they see us stand up, when people begin to see this as them, because there's so much shame, I feel there's so many women, they would reach out to Elaine, I would get women who tell me, and then they'd run away because they were so ashamed. We have to break through the satanic chains of shame in our mm-hmm. women and men where people will be released to stand up and say, I won't be a victim anymore. I was lost, but now I found myself, I found God, and I'm not going to let this happen anymore. Less than 1% of the American population was abolitionists, but they got rid of the worst form of slavery. There are enough of us to just say we won't take it. I I can't live like this. Mm. Amen. And you know, um, just to answer the question for you, where this is going, if we don't do as Dr. Randy suggested, and not only stand up, but we have to be a unified voice because there are people across the spectrum, even on right here on our radio show and our guests, uh, people of every nationality and background unified in one single purpose. And... Um, until we stay unified and we stand, and like Dr. Randy said, we will not take this anymore. Right. And just a, uh, you know, just kind of a side note, and um, Letitia is going to be getting this worked out because, you know, without her, this show wouldn't go the way it does. This is, we've been blessed phenomenally to be able to, have had the positive and powerful impact on people that we have by helping to get the message out. But I must tell you now, next week, the show next week, Elaine, Kwame, Dr. Randy, you all know about this. We're going to talk about what happened in Memphis, Tennessee on August 14, 2013. I will just leave it at that because this all goes hand in hand. If they can't, if they can't destroy us using Depo Provera, they're trying to destroy us by affecting our children that's already here. When you have and just for lack of a, a name that does justice, I'm just going to call stupid people. Letitia, forgive me, but in what I'm about to say, you will understand what I'm about to say. When you have stupid people who were elected to office pushing legislation known as 
afterbirth abortion, meaning once the baby is born, if a parent decides that they want to kill the baby for any reason after birth, it should be legal. Now, not only that, you have a Democratic senator, United States senator, looking to push, well, this man is pushing legislation in a U.S. Senate to invalidate every pro-life legislation that's been passed in all 50 states. They already did that with Roe v. Wade. So this individual is trying to do it again. And for the sake of these women, for the sake of Miss Elaine, and for you, if you all need to hear her story, for the sake of the suffering that our women have went through, enough is enough. Women across the board have been beaten down to the point that now it's like they don't care. But God originally intended for men to treat their women as treasures and fellas, to all the men who are listening, we need to get back to truly being a protector and stop trying to be cowards. Because at the end of the day, as long as we are failing our women, we are letting down on our responsibilities to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And to these, to all the guests today, to 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 the brave ladies, Shannon, Idalia, Debbie, I commend you. I commend your bravery, Elaine, for your sacrifice, Kwame, Doctor Randy, for for y'all just standing up for these ladies, for the for standing up for the injustice. I say my heart, my love goes out to you all because this is the right thing to do. Like the very foundation of what God is about. And if we can't fight for life and fight for the well-being of those surrounding us, everything else is irrelevant. The economy don't matter because you won't have enough people to sustain the tax base if people keep eliminating them. So we all That's come right. back to I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. I want to thank Shannon, Idalia, Elaine, Kwame, Debbie, Dr. Randy. I want to I want to also thank my awesome and wonderful hostess, Letitia and Melissa, like I said. They're the the brains of this show. They, They are what makes this show go, and I love them and I appreciate them. But to all Pro Life Friday listeners, this is just the beginning because we are coming. Go ahead, Letitia. Take it away. Oh. I, I wanted to thank you, too, Thomas, for um, really spearheading this issue. And it by no means, I mean, this, the past hour and a half that we've been spending on it has not thing? been enough, and it does not do these um, the victims of, of depot justice. 
to just stop here. So we are going to continue monitoring this and interviewing people. And here, if you want, if our audience wants to know uh, the pro-life angle on this, and it is certainly we hinted at, our guests have hinted at it, and it certainly may not be an, uh, an evil motivation by these by people who are pushing the manufacturers of Bepo and the manufacturers of eShore. Certainly, but the effects and their ignorance and their 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 ignorance of helping the victims who are suffering from from these methods of contraception is certainly something that they need to be responsible for. And I think the motive here to not address it is because I think they just do not want to be bothered with the moral implications of that. And, you know, women are considered... A commodity. Our, our reproductive systems are a commodity. If by whatever happens to us through a product they sell us uh, happens to damage our reproductive parts, it's really no big deal to them because you know there's other women out there, and and I think that they'll they'll just take they'll take whatever. And and that's why this is silencing. There is this silencing. Doctors are, and some one of our guests has alluded to the fact that a lot of doctors just don't speak up for, on behalf of their patients about that. You know, if they're negatively impacted, they kind of just brush the, these things under the rug and just treat the symptoms and say, no, 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 there's no connection whatsoever, because you know now we're knocking down the door of a very, very big problem. You want to open that can of worms? Nobody wants to, but the victims need to have have their day. Um, to have this, and I, I really think it is time that people take a good, long, ethical look at the use of contraception in general, where you're screwing, I'm, pardon my language, you're really screwing with women's hormonal um, uh, horm hormones. Right. And we have known that has huge negative impacts on their entire body. So there is, there's nothing that's small about birth control. People, I mean, this is what we've been sold. Birth control is no big deal. You know, just take a pill, take a this, take a that. It's just a little hormone here, a little more hormone there. A little bit of hormone manipulation on the human body has a huge, huge impact. And that is not, I've never heard anybody say that. Right. So, um, yeah, I want to thank our guests, too. We need to wrap up our show. I'm sorry? Right. Leticia, before we go... Um, to Shannon and Idalia, um, if you guys haven't, um, would you, if you're on um, Facebook, would you mm -hmm. please, um, would you find me? My, I am Thomas Dwayne Smith, Dwayne spelled D-U-A-N-E on Facebook, and send me a friend request because over the next few weeks and months, not just through the radio show, but in other avenues through print media, we're going to be working hard to get this get this out. Um, I have an article that's due next week, well, next Friday, that I am going to be working on about this very issue. So I would like to keep in touch with you guys on Facebook. Uh, not necessarily, I don't, Elaine, I don't want to be a part of the group because that's for what your work you're doing personally, but in terms of, you know, just kind of giving a heads up of when we're doing stuff. And you all are more than welcome at any time to come back to the show, listen in, because it's about, we're not just about 
the life of the young but the life of the mother, and regardless of what state they may have been in, post-abortive, post-contraceptive, it doesn't matter. It's the heart. Hold on, Lupita, let me finish my last point, because this is important. We're about making sure that you all do not suffer and that you receive the healing that you deserve. So thanks. Amen. Well, I have the, um, yes, thank you, all our guests. And, uh, there are, there's like 14 lines lit up right now, and I can't name you all. I'm very sorry. Uh, but I want to thank each and every one of you for your contribution to our, uh, the discussion today. It, everything everybody has said is so important and needs to be heard. I have now the, the most awful decision I have to make, and which is not to include in our program our stupidest thing ever. Um, I just think it would be better if I waited till next week <laughs> to put that on and give it the attention it uh, probably doesn't deserve because it is the stupidest thing ever, but I don't think that I should follow our program up with that today. So uh, with that, I'm going to end with um, our finishing credits. Thank you, everybody, for joining us on the program today. Please, please come back next week and listen to our guest. Um, we're going to leave that as a surprise uh, content until we until the broadcast airs this next week. But you do not want to miss um, the guest that we have next week. He, this is uh, also a very serious matter, and I invite everybody to come back again. So thank you, Pro Life Fridays Radio. Have a good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Bye. God bless.
Yamita. Yeah,